here this Sunday uh, after Easter. It's an important day for us. We continue to live in the, uh, the beauty and greatness of Jesus having risen from the dead. We, uh, we take on the new life that is ours in Christ. And in speaking of new life, we read today a scripture that has everything to do with, um, with the new life that is ours in Christ. We read today from Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Let's, let's hear this word. It is a, it is a deep one. We'll attempt to uh, unpack a, a good deal of it, particularly as it relates to baptism. Let's uh, hear this from Colossians 2, 8 through 15. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which um, depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self uh, ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, and in the uncircumcision of your, of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the, the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is God's Word, and may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this Word read, but as we uh, make effort now to take our lives and apply them to it. May God bless us all. Well, as each and every one of us know, water is necessary for life. My friend uh, Mark Hogg has spent the better part of his uh, adult life promoting and providing clean, healthy water to people around the world. His uh, ministry is uh, called Water Step. Many of you have helped with Water Step as the years have gone by. Water Step is a ministry that has helped countless thousands of people worldwide. I read an, an article recently that rated various nations for their quality of life. Availability of clean, healthy water was one of the criteria that was used, whether or not there was that water available or whether it was not. Quite frankly, clean, healthy drinking water is something that we flatly take for granted. Simply put, Water is essential for life. We can only go so long without water. I understand it's about three days. Regardless, we can only go a short time without water. 
Interestingly, water is front and center when it comes to the Christian faith. It too is essential. Water is the stuff of baptism, the very thing that awakens us to new life in Jesus Christ. Baptism is one of the two sacraments of the church. We'll be talking about those two sacraments here today and next week. A sacrament is that which is set aside by the church. Set aside as holy and sacred. It is um, the most sacred thing we do. And so in baptism, we recognize the, the, the sacred whenever baptism takes place. We also recognize that we are claimed by God, that we are initiated into His family, that we are given a fresh start. Again, we celebrate today the new life that is ours in Jesus. We do that here on this, this first Sunday after Easter. Regarding that fresh start, baptism is a celebration of that. We celebrate the new life that is ours in Jesus whenever there is a baptism. All of us know the, the power of water to cleanse. You know, here in this late spring and on into the summer, <coughs> we'll be spending time out in the yard on some of those hot, uh, long, uh, humid days working in the yard. We find ourselves uh, sweaty dirty. We go in, take a shower, and we find ourselves refreshed. All the dirt that we had accumulated is, is washed away, and we find ourselves clean. The waters of baptiz baptism symbolize many things, but among them is the, the cleansing that takes place when we offer our lives to Jesus. Our sins are forgiven. We find ourselves freed from the, the guilt of those sins. Baptism, if anything, is uh, symbolic of our passing from death to life. And because of that, we, we find ourselves rejoicing in the great presence of Christ and the great things that He does in our lives, and in particular, in and through baptism. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, our, our sins are forgiven. We become new creations in Him. We've repeated it often. It's a great passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Romans uh, 6, 3 states that all of us who are baptized into Christ are baptized into His death. And as we consider being baptized into His death, we also consider the fact that we are also raised with Christ into new life. We are no longer slaves to sin because of what Jesus did on the cross. Sin no longer has the same sway guilt no longer has the same hold upon us. If baptism means anything, it means that our old ways of doing are dead. They are buried. 
they are in fact gone. We die to sin, only to be raised with Christ to new life. It's a wonderful image, a wonderful image here this first Sunday after, after Easter, to die with Christ, only to be raised with Christ. Our lives are forever different because of what Jesus has done. And so our scripture for today from Colossians 2.12 states that having been buried with him, having been buried with Jesus in baptism, we are raised through, uh, with him through faith in the power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Again, this important rhythm of we, we die with Christ only to be raised with him. That's the flow of the Christian life. We, uh, we find ourselves emerging, just as Jesus emerged from that tomb, alive, new life, very much a part of who we are. Peter preached about such things at, at Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, he said, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As we all know, the Holy Spirit is powerful in every way, powerful for this life and powerful for the next. Repent and be baptized, for you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Since the beginnings of Christianity, baptism has been understood as a sign or seal that, a, that, a, that the one who is baptized is Christian, like circumcision for the children of Israel. Baptism was a very clear sign that, that, a, that the person baptized was claimed by God. Again, from our passage for today, this time from Colossians 2, verse 11, we read, in him you were also circumcised. In putting off the sinful nature, not with a, a circumcision done by hands, but with the circumcision done by Christ. You see, our identity as Christians vests very, very closely to our baptism. Baptism is that marker which sets us apart as Christ's own. We find ourselves claimed by God. It comes to us to live into that identity, an identity that is offered to us through Christ. And with God's help, we are in fact able to live as a baptized people, to reflect that throughout the entirety of our lives, regardless of what's going on. In effect, we are called by name and recognized as a child of God when we are baptized. Years ago, I baptized a, a young man. He was probably in about eighth grade at the time. His, his name is Matthew Karsna. I had a hard time pronouncing that. I just had a tough time really getting that squared away. And as I began to to dip him into the, into the baptismal, I said, Matthew Karshner, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as Matthew went into the water, and I could see the, the bubbles coming out of his mouth, 
I'm, I'm Matthew Karshna. Karshna, that's my name. Identity is an important thing. And you and I are called by name, redeemed as God's children. I'm forever forgetting things. And in order to keep up with as much as I can, I, I keep a detailed calendar. I have a substantial to-do list. And if given enough time, I'm able to accomplish a, a number of things. I forget, though, much more than I remember. Sometimes I even forget who I am. Now, before we get into it much more deeply, I don't want you to, to think that I've, I've gotten so bad as to forget my name. It's not anything like that. But I do forget those things that form the foundation of who I am. It's easy to lose sight of our identity in, 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 in Christ given the fact of all that swirls around us. It's easy for any of us to for, forget God's claim upon our lives and the work that He is trying to, to do in us. I do that every time I sin. I do that every time I let the, the cares and concerns of this world get the best of me. I do that every time I get caught up in the world and its agenda. It's easy to forget our identity as a child of God. We clearly identify with so much these days. Our alma maters, our, our work, our country, our, our heritage, our, our families, even our fa favorite sports teams. Our very identities are, are wrapped in, in these things. I fear, though, that the, the mix of, of, of all these, that in the mix of all these things that, that work to form our identity, we, we may forget the one important distinctive identifier of our faith, that being baptism. And because of that, we very well may forget who we are and whose we are. Spiritual amnesia is uh, far too rampant these days. We're too much prone to forgetting. We're all too quick to forget the waters of our baptism. How does that play out for you? How about your baptism? How does it figure into your identity as a Christian? When was the last time that you, uh, you considered yourself a baptized person? I've often thought about uh, baptism as kind of a, a hello, my name is tag. You know, we see those stickers uh, all the time. We have those around the church and put them to good use. In regard to, to baptism, sometimes I, I feel as though uh, it's, it's like a hello, my name is, and then identifies us as Christian. My name is, and I am Christian. That's what baptism is. It identifies us as a follower of Christ. The great reformer, Martin Luther, claimed that the most comforting thing a person could do would be to tell themselves, I am baptized. He did that almost every day. For Luther, remembering his baptism was a wonderfully positive way 
to begin each day. And in fact, he would remind himself, I am baptized, when, when things would get tough, when the world would begin to, to swirl around him. He would refresh his memory with the thought, I am baptized. In effect, he reminded himself that through baptism, he was a new creation in Christ and needed to celebrate that. It's interesting to note that when Christ was baptized, God spoke these words, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Even Christ's identity was confirmed, identified at his baptism. Baptism is just something the church does. Many of you know Kelly McClendon. Kelly was pastor here some, some years back. He and I were at a, a meeting together on Wednesday of Holy Week. Kelly was lifting up one of the churches in his area up, up near Covington that uh, had, had just kind of withered and, and it was all but closed. And it was one of those really high steeple churches. In fact, the, the building itself looks like a grand cathedral. Kelly then mentioned some of the cathedrals that he had seen in, uh, in, in Europe. And while visiting one of those, he asked the, the, the tour guide um, if there was still a church there. Now, Kelly dug just a bit deeper. That's the way Kelly is. He's, he's one of those really inquiring guys, one that, that is uh, never content unless he's digging in. Kelly asked if, if they still did baptisms there. And when the tour guide said no, then Kelly responded by saying, well, then you've ceased to become a, a church and now are a museum. Baptism is just what the church does. And when we baptize, we come together to support the one who is baptized. We, we do that as a church. When, when families present their, their babies to be baptized, we, we come around that family to support them, uh, to, to help nurture that child, to bring them to the place of, of maturity in Christ. We, we certainly do that with those who are, are confirmed. As those young people are baptized or as they remember their baptism, we renew our commitment to be around them, to, to nurture them in a big way. I was baptized as an infant. The, the pastor who uh, baptized me was Dr. Emil McAdams. It was at Butchel United Methodist Church. Now, all through, I felt an overwhelming sense of support by the people of Butchel United Methodist Church. They were always there for me and always had an interest that I would grow in Christ. You know, interestingly, uh, as I uh, left Butchel, went off to college and into seminary and got involved in, in other ministries, as things would have it, so many years thereafter, I um, uh, served for four years with Dr. McAdams. I was his associate at, uh, at St. Paul. And I consider Mac as, uh, as my mentor in the ministry. Baptism, just something the church does taking a deep interest in those who are baptized, making sure that they're nurtured in the faith. And even in those, those years, much removed from my own baptism, Mac was there uh, to support, 
to, to help and, and to strengthen. Again, baptism is just something that the church does. Many of you know Anthony Campolo. You know him as an influential Christian author, uh, speaker. He's a professor. Anthony was doing some research on his own church. He decided in that research to, to look back and to, to see the report of the year that he was baptized. He said, there was my name. And then there was uh, Dick White's name. Dick is a, is a missionary. And then he said, Bert um, Newman's name was there. Bert is a professor of theology in an African seminary. The report read like this. It has, been, it has not been a, a good year for our church. We have lost 27 members. Three joined, and they were only children. Undoubtedly, that church nurtured those three boys in the faith. And the influence of just those three boys was immeasurable. Just untold. You're, you're talking about a, a quite famous and noted Christian author and speaker, another who is a seminary professor, another who is a missionary, and the church figured that it was a bad year. But they stuck with those young men and continued to nurture them in the faith, baptized, then nurtured. Baptism and the support that comes along with it is just what the church does. United Methodists baptize uh, people of all ages. We, we lean heavily when we baptize upon what God does and not so much upon what we do. Now, when we baptize, we, we all know that we make some decisions in the issue, and parents, as they present their, their, their children for baptism, make some decisions, but we really lean heavily on what God does in baptism. We adhere to an understanding of God's grace that seeks us out even before the time of our acceptance. In the case of an infant, we believe that God reaches out even before that baby knows God's name. God in His infinite grace is always at work to, to woo us to Himself. God in His infinite grace is, is always at work to prevent us from going so far afield that we would never be in a place where we couldn't decide for Him. God's grace is in play before salvation, at the point of salvation, and even after the time of salvation, bringing us to the place where we are becoming more and more like Jesus. This understanding of grace, the free gift of God's love, forms the foundation of why we baptize people of all ages. Baptism has been called a means of grace, it's a, it's a vehicle of sorts that, that connects us with the free gift of God's love that presents itself in so many ways, but in particular in and through baptism. The questions that we, we ask when a person professes their faith in Christ and prepares to be baptized are questions we, we need to consider every time we hear them. Let me rehearse those with you. 
Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you put your whole trust in His grace? And do you promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ is open to, to, to people of all ages, nations, and races? I trust that as you hear those questions about repentance, about turning from your sin, about resisting evil, about putting your trust in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you begin to, 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 to respond and, and remember, remembering your baptism, a baptism that, 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 that brought you to, to, to Christ, that awakened you to Christ, that brought a new identity to your life, a, a, a baptism where you experienced a, to, a dying with Christ only to, to rise with Christ. As United Methodists, we, uh, we rather than rebaptize, consider it more appropriate that we are, uh, are always about reaffirming our baptism, taking it on for ourselves, something that was done at an earlier time in our life that we take it on for ourselves yet again. And our way of thinking to rebaptize would doubt what God had done at an earlier time. To reaffirm baptism is to be reminded of who we are and what God is doing in our lives. So we'll invite ourselves, you're invited, to do just that today, to remember your baptism. <clears throat> if you've never been baptized and you feel leading to do that, I would love to talk with you further and for us to follow up on what it means to give your life to Jesus and to be, bapti to be baptized. And as Peter preached, to, to then be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized, let me encourage you to, um, to think about this. How about reaffirming your baptism, of remembering your baptism and understanding yet again the deep and abiding blessings of God through Jesus Christ, those blessings that come through baptism. Today, we, uh, we offer this opportunity for you to remember your baptism and be blessed, to take water and have it imposed, and in that to, uh, to contemplate the great thing that God has done through His Son, Jesus, and in particular, what God has done through baptism a stuff of identity, a stuff of moving along in God's grace, drawing closer to Christ, remembering your baptism and understanding the deep and abiding blessings of Christ in you and working through you. So we'll take an opportunity today to invite you to come forward. Don't feel like you have to do that, but go at the leading of God's Spirit don't begrudge God's Spirit in that. Come and have the waters imposed and hear the words, remember your baptism and be blessed. 
And in that, find yourself remembering your baptism and, and, and reaffirming your identity as a Christian. All of that founded in the great sacrament of baptism for you. May the Lord bless us all as we, uh, as we take this opportunity to remember and be blessed. So I'll be here at the, uh, at the front, and we have plenty of water, a good thing. And you come and uh, remember your baptism. And as you do, you're certainly welcome to kneel at this rail to uh, continue your uh, contemplation and prayers as it relates to, um, to your baptism, your identity in Christ, your desire to be held by Christ, dying with him only to rise. So come as the Lord would lead you today.